Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Honestly, during the game, I didn't see it. Hello, welcome back to From the Whole Square to Where. Happy 2020, everyone. I hope it's not too late to say that. He's always a bit of a cut-off date, and I always think it's around this sort of time, so probably just got it in uh, the right sort of time to wish everyone Happy New Year. I'm joined by Ryan and Stan. How are you doing, fellas? Did you hope you had a good Christmas, both of you? Yeah, all good here in Vancouver. So, uh, Happy New Year to uh, everyone. Thank you, Yeah. Happy New Ryan. Yeah, same, you can't complain. Obviously, Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I had a good Christmas. Obviously, other people we we know of, their friends and family didn't have good have such a good Christmas. But yeah, um, myself personally, yeah, I can't, can't complain. New Year, yeah. Good, good, excellent. Well, um, there's a lot's happened with the Arsenal over the last uh, couple of weeks since uh, I last did the podcast, and it, well, I think it's all been brilliant to be perfectly honest. I don't think there's any reason to be in a bad mood with regards to the football club at the moment is there it's all been going really really well um i think it's far exceeded my expectations when that all talk of arteta started i had my reservations beforehand but since the first initial interview and what's happened every since i just think it's uh, as far as i'm concerned it's just been getting better and better uh, as each match progresses, really. Um, so we can go through, really, because uh, obviously I know that it's probably all been done to death since um, I last did a podcast with uh, all the other podcasts that have been going on out there. But just in a nutshell, we'll start with you, Stan. I mean, there's been three games, um, four, sorry, four games since Arteta took over. Um, just give us a brief sort of... Uh, thoughts on how it's progressed so far um i'm really uh, enjoying how it's all been unfolding you know from the appointment from the press conferences to uh, the response that i've seen in the in the matches the four games that he's been in charge of to what the players are also saying when they're being interviewed and they're putting their little tidbits out through their pr people um, even to what I'm hearing about what could be potentially happening in the transfer window. Um, I'm, as I say, I'm enjoying the way it's unfolding. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just want to sit back now to the end of the season and see how it all unfolds. Um, and I'm really interested to see, you know, when you've got all of the players back, 
a lot of his players, his young players coming through, watching they get watching their, uh, their their game improve. You know, as we get towards the end of the season, I'm really enjoying it. Absolutely. Again. <laughs> and um, I can't quite get my breath really over how things have changed on the pitch since he took over in such a short space of time as well. And it does back up a lot of what a lot of us were saying during the Emery reign that. Um, about how he was going wrong, you know, playing people in the wrong positions, etc., etc., and that if someone that actually had a clue what they were doing did come in, it wouldn't take too much to actually change the results on the pitch. But like I said earlier, I think it's uh, what he has done um, as far exceeded any kind of expectations or hopes that I had initially as well. What about you, Rowan? Yeah, the same. Like the four games since he officially came because obviously the Everton game, he just him and Ansley both sat in the stands. Yeah, Bournemouth onwards, Bournemouth we saw a slight improvement. We just weren't taking our chances. On another day, take our chances, we would have won that on another day. But then the Chelsea game came along. Yes, we lost it for the last seven minutes of concentration levels dropping. But the performance itself for the 83 minutes up till then, you couldn't put you couldn't put any of the players. To a man, Erzul no. a lot. Erzul, Erzul's been get, in every game. Erzul's actually doing everything Emmy was asking or claiming that Erzul wasn't doing in the first place, which was tracking back, make, making tackles, getting involved. But Erzul's mm. doing that now under Tottenham. So, you no, know, you said it, playing your best players in their best position. They're stuck. They're, they're going to buy into They all buy into ideas, and we we are seeing the best out of them now. Mm. And. Yeah, we had a little blip on Monday night in the first half against Leeds. But what what I liked to hear was not only what Arteta had to say, what what like Lacazette had to say, match day captain. At that half time, he came in and bollocked us for that performance in the first half. Because mm. apparently he said for the for the match, he was saying to him, "Don't do don't do what you normally do and take team, these teams lightly because they will come at us. These, they're top they're the top of the championship for a reason." And they did take him lightly. He didn't like it. He put he put in certain words how impressed he was. And suddenly, the second half they came out. It was a different Arsenal we saw compared to the first half. It was like the Arsenal we saw against Man United. Attack, mm. We're attacking with intent. Every attack we looked threatening all of a sudden. And also, oh, defensively, I don't know about you guys, but defensively we've apart from that, that seven minutes against Chelsea, we've actually looked a bit more. Solidified, shall we say? We've got two clean. When was the last time we had two back-to-back clean sheets at all? It's been a long time, isn't it? A very, very long time. I just think uh, I went on the uh, the the excellent Ars Brothers podcast not too long ago. Um, It was about um, whether the the squad that we have is uh, top four quality. And I said, this is before, you know, I think Emery was still in charge at the time. And I said, well, I've never changed my mind on that. I think after the summer and the, the um, players we brought in and players that left, I, I still think that the quality of the squad is good enough. It's just the fact that we're being coached terribly. In fact, or whether we're being coached at all, because we've gone downwards rather than upwards since Emery joined. And I mean, my God, it just shows you what you can do with coach, with good coaching, with players that we thought we would have to get rid of. Most of them, didn't we? Not too long ago, we thought, well, God, 
literally going to have to burn it down and start again. And it just shows you that we have had good players all along. Um, not, I, I'm not saying we don't need new players. Of course we do. But the players we have are not bad, you know. And Arteta has actually um, coped with a lot of more injuries as well, especially in defence. And, you know, having who would have thought a few weeks ago that we'd be having... Back, uh, Bakaya Saka at left back. I mean, just seriously, no one would have even considered it, would they? So, I mean, it's been doing fantastically well. And I think the performances in the league, um, like you said, Ryan, got better and better every every match. And you know what? I was absolutely over the moon with the Leeds game as well, because although the first half you know, it, it just, it didn't surprise me what happened in the first half because Leeds are a fantastic team and Bielsa's a fantastic coach. And I just knew that they would go, go at us from the off because they've got nothing to lose and they want to show what they can do to a, a massive audience on BBC One uh, as it was over here in the UK. Mm. And I just, I wasn't surprised at all. But I tell you what, I put a tweet out uh, after the game and said that I couldn't see any circumstances whatsoever that at any point in the last two years probably longer under Wenger as well where we would have won that game against Leeds mm. we wouldn't I, I doubt I just couldn't see us mm. winning that game at all I, I just think we would have capitulated and um, the fact that we did we rode that storm of, you know after a really tiring Christmas schedule as well with the squad that we've got, we rode that storm in the first half, came out of it somehow, uh, still at nil-nil. And the fact that we went on and, and proved after a half-time team talk under the manager to such an extent that we turned the game completely on its head and we shaded it overall in the second half and won the game, that was just as pleasing to me as the Man United result, to be perfectly honest. I thought it was absolutely amazing that we won that game. Uh, it's like an old-fashioned 1-0 to the Arsenal. And it just it pleased me just as much as the Man United win. And I think he, in some circumstances, the performance before that against Chelsea was he, maybe even slightly better than the United one as well. But overall, uh, we just ran out, of, um, ran out of steam against Chelsea, which showed at the end because of the increased training regime we've got and the, um, the way that we're playing now, the pressing game that we've got. The players just ran out of steam and uh, we've got just about scraped through it. But as each game progresses now with regards to fitness, we're going to get better. And um, I'm just so excited about the uh, the future. I really am. I, I mean, I, I don't want to wish away this season, but I just can't wait till next season when he's had a whole pre-season as well in charge. And he's really got to know the players um, for the next uh, what four or five months of the rest of the season. It just, uh, yeah, it fills me full of excitement. So, with this current squad, um, I'll go to you first again, Stan. What do you think, potentially, uh, it, realistically as well, I should, I should add, is going to happen this month? Do you really think that we're going to bring in any players? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that um, business wasn't really concluded in the summer. Um they tried to make a late bid, didn't they, for Upa Makama. But at that time, um, RB Leipzig was still sticking to the buyout clause of Sunica around about 70-odd million. 
Um, with the injury to Callum Chambers, I think they were already going to do something and that's probably just reinforced it. And I think that we could probably see three players coming in. I'd like What I'd like to see of those three would be two centre-backs and a midfield player. Um, and I think it's really possible, especially if we can um, maybe move a, move a couple of players on as well in this window. I mean, if you look at Mkhitaryan, a bid's coming from Roma that we've turned down for 10 million. Maybe they will come back. I would have taken the 10 million myself because we got him for nothing, didn't we? And he's on a wage of around about 200 grand. Mm, I would have as well. Around 200 grand a week. So if we can get that off the um, off the off the wage side of things, you know, that's 200 another 200 grand there. And mm. looking at the rumours, you know, a lot of people online, and I even said it as well. You know, would you take Boateng or would you take Upamecano? But then when I thought about it, I thought, well, I know we're not playing football manager, but realistically, you could get both. You could get Boateng on a, on a loan deal and cover his wages if you get rid of someone like Mkhitaryan and an Elneny and maybe a Mustafi. And then you could probably go to RB Leipzig and start negotiations at around about 40, 45 million if he's not going to re-sign and see where, you, see where you go from there. So it could be possible to bring in two centre-backs. And I think that would be... Um, I think that would do us the world of good if we could bring in two in the back with what we already have as well. Mm. I think alongside um, and I think Boateng would be good for a six-month deal, just to cover, like you said, to cover Callum Chambers um, and his experience will be more well, invaluable, really. But can you really see Upamecano leaving Leipzig when they're still in the Champions Leagues and they're going for the, the title? Yeah, I've had that question asked to me, but sometimes you have to look at, there's a bigger picture here. And sometimes um, a, a younger player in a team like RB Leipzig can be sold on a rebuild, which is what we're doing at the moment. Um, it's tempting, it might be tempting to stay there, but if he sees a future at Arsenal, I mean, there's a reason that he doesn't want to re-sign his contract. You, you, you know, you've got to look at, uh, I mean, look at Harry Maguire leaving Leicester to go to Man United. I know, uh, st- you know, as a stature, Man United are a bigger team, but Leicester, you know, they'd come off the back of winning the league. He didn't want to stay around. He decided to go to Man United because they obviously sold him on a rebuild project. Um, and maybe we can do the same with an Upamakamo. Slightly different though, when he joined in the summer, he didn't really know that they were going to be you know, doing quite so well this season, I suppose. And I don't know, to me, in his position, when he's only 21, if I was him, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's different. But I would think people want me now, but they're still going to want me in in July. And I might even be able to get more money being the league winner, Um, you know, when when the summer comes as well. And with the chance of, some silverware when you're 21 winning a league I might think well yeah I do want to go but if I wait six months I'm still going to be able to go and I might even be able to get a bigger wage I, I don't know I don't know um, it's going to be a tough one to, to get him out but I totally understand what you're saying and it's possibility I, I, I have to also caveat that when it comes to Uthman Karma I do have a real soft spot for him so a lot of what I say about mm. him is thinking as well um, when I lived in Amsterdam, um, I used to watch quite a, a variety of football um, through an app that I had. And I have seen um, RB Leipzig play a few times. And I've I've known about him for probably about 
two and a half, three years now. As opposed to William Saliba, when we got linked to William Saliba, I never heard of the guy. And I still don't really know that much about him, apart from what I've seen, you know, looking at clips and clips and, and, and such like. But I've really got a soft spot for Upa Moncamo. So I'm a little bit biased when I talk about him. I really want to get him in. Uh, uh, he looks the business and... Um... I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, whether it was the Arsenal Vision or the Ask blog today, where yeah. they talked about him and um, the possibility of him linking up with Saliba, um, who potentially they could be the, the new France centre-back pairing for the, for the next sort of quite a few years as well. Um, but he's, the way it came across was that they'd complement each other really well because um, Saliba being six foot four, but Upa Meccano being 6'1", 6'2", um, and the way that they play, uh, I don't know, the, the, the way they ex- explained it and the different styles would really complement each other. And uh, I don't know, I'm just really reluctant to get excited about that because I'd love him to come in. And he looks like and sounds like exactly the type of player that we, we need. He, he, he reminds me a bit of Sol Campbell from what I have seen. Right. Um, not Probably not quite as tall, but... Yeah, I just think he's a, he's a big, powerful lad, and uh, it'll be very exciting. Um, I, I haven't seen this being linked with anyone else other than um, Boateng. Um, so, about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm going to talk when I said that. I mean, centre back wise, um, sort of real concrete links. So, yeah, what do you think about this month, realistically? Um, just going back to upper um, life sync guy. Guy at Livesync because what's he got a, a year and a half left on his current contract? He's yeah, eighteen months. Yeah, so mm. it might be a thing where we have a, we can agree a deal with Livesync where can have, they can have him for the rest of the season if worst case. But we 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 agree a deal now of uh, the, of the value of what, of what the contract is now because obviously they don't want to in their situation they don't want if he's not going to sign a new contract as well come. Um, June uh, summer, they're going to be in a situation where Tottenham are in now with a player refusing to sign a new deal, and risk, they could risk losing money. So they'd want to get, they would want, they'd want, they can sell him to someone. You'd think that you'd think business-wise, they'd want, they want, they'd want to get some money for him. Um, again, like you said about voting, apart from apart from other Ricardo and voting, I've, I've not really heard anyone else be linked with. No. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem for the club. I think Leipzig would be more than happy to sell him, personally, because that's their business model, the, yeah, the Red Bull model. That's what they do. They get young players and sell them on, don't they? That's, that is how they make their money. So I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue for them. I think it, more than anything, it's, it's him. And don't forget, he's working, who's the guy he's uh, being managed by. He's you know, Nagelsmann. Mm. <sighs> that's going to be a wrench for him. I know we're Arsenal... And they are Leipzig, and there's no comparison club-wise. But when you're working under Nagelsmann and you've got the chance of, you know, winning the the title, it's going to be tough. So I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. But I don't, personally, it, under normal circumstances, I think that what you said, Roy, would, would be perfectly acceptable. And doing another what we did with Saliba, buy him and, and loan him back. However, we're desperate. You know, we we sorry, the, the only way that could work is if we get buy him and then get a couple more on on loan but I, yeah. how realistic is that to get two good quality centre backs on loan and that's for six we, don't, we don't know our actual target because they're, because they're so secretive 
we don't know all their targets. All we know is that Arteta's come out and said as well, there's a few players we've got in mind. If and when it gets done, we'll let you know. But mm. anyway, apart from Boateng, who's, that's been leaked out, and obviously up, up to the guy from Live Scene, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, um, <laughs> from when we tried to get him in the summer, apart from them two, the media can't get hold of any names. And to one extent, I like that because it keeps everything hush hush. It just keeps and it gets let's ask let's board get on with doing their business. Because mm. we've seen with lots of in the past with lots of Pepe. As soon as we get as soon as we're linked with someone, it, it gets leaked out. Our fan base goes into absolute meltdown, like super glued to the TV or whatever. whatever you. And then if it doesn't go, if it falls through, if something if it falls through. It would all kick off, I and mean, then our fan base would actually have an absolute meltdown over it. Mm. So, in that respect, I'm happy it's, everything's hush hush at the moment. There is a, sorry, go on, Stan. There was another one that I saw as well that uh, we're being linked again with Thomas Lamar on a loan deal. A winger, yeah, the left winger. Yeah, the one that we nearly spent 90 million on. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, it fell yeah. through last the last day by all accounts. Yeah, well, uh, he hasn't done. He hasn't pulled up any trees, is he? Um, so I, I hope we don't. I'd rather stick with. Uh, we got. I, don't, I don't want him to put, to block the path for Martinelli and, and Saka. To be honest, because I'm really happy with those two. They're they're very exciting and yeah. they're, they're perfect to rotate. I don't, I can't see the point in that whatsoever. But we are Arsenal, and we'll probably go and go buy him and uh, another striker or something. You know, <laughs> that's the way we do it. Isn't it? But, <laughs> Do you know what's, what hasn't done us any favours, though, is the Callum Chambers injury. That's the... Such, I mean, A, it's terrible anyway, but the timing of that is ridiculous because that everyone knows now we're, we're even more desperate for a defender. And that's yeah. going to push the prices up by another, you know, 10 20% easy, isn't it? That's just... I mean, that's so Arsenal, that is. So Arsenal to lose another defender to an ACL just before the January window. But uh, it could have been worse. It could have been after the January window, I suppose. But um, it's it's just typical. Price-wise, we're going to be screwed. Um, It's such a shame because he was doing so well as well. Oh, yeah, mate. Honestly, I feel so sorry for him. I do. And, uh, well, I feel sorry for all of us because he he was. He was our best defender for the majority of the season, wasn't he? Yeah. Playing his heart out. But it's it's like he came back from the loan loan spell for them. He's like... With obviously, Emmy still at the club at the time. Wanted to prove a point to Emery, and obviously, then the boy are going to now Arteta down full time. He wants to he wants to maintain that. And yeah, ACL. What is it about Arsenal the last year of ACLs? People are going on about um, the way you know we've got to really have a serious look at our uh, medical team and all that. ACLs. That ain't nothing to do with that, really. It's, that, that's just it's nothing but bad luck. It's bad, it's just, Literally potluck if it happens or not. When it comes to Arsenal, the, the last twelve months though, three of our defenders. I know it's just bad. It's just purely it's bad, bad luck. luck. I reckon. It's yeah, Arsenal, I don't know. To Arsenal though, it, it happened to Arsenal players though. No one else. No, that's silly. It's. I don't know whether you've listened to um, any of the uh, the special podcasts that the Arsenal have put out and the Arsenal Vision have put out about the the banter decade we've just come through and all the stuff that's happened to us during this decade and the things that you forget. And some of it is just pure ridiculous. And it it only would happen to Arsenal. You know, it's things that have never happened in football before. You know, it's only ever happened to us. You know, like 
a player getting been uh, arrested for going into White Hart Lane um, with a knuckle duster in his pocket and being banged up to you know, um, yeah. And a player like Kieran Gibbs being sent off when it was a mistaken identity that's never happened before with him and Oxley Chamberlain and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, just not, not being able to take Mkhitaryan to a game because of yeah. war war zones. Oh mate. It's just it's beyond a joke, really, isn't it? But that's that's Arsenal. That is Arsenal. It's the way things happen. But um we've got uh, Palace coming up and under normal circumstances, they're our bogey team. I'd be really worried coming up against Palace away. But the way we're playing, and uh, I'm not worried about playing anyone now. And it's ridiculous that's so quickly, but the, it's a good time now because they're, they're full of injuries. And apparently Zaha's a, a doubt as well. And I think we've got 11 injuries coming up this, this weekend. Well, I think he's going to himself a move, isn't he? He's new agent, so... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... I'm, I'm really confident about winning that. Which yeah. this, and, is this is something Arteta's done at Arsenal. In what in space of what? Just under three, four weeks. He's everything. We was, he came into this club. club well, two weeks fans, ago, wasn't it? Two yeah, weeks. Yeah. Fans, the fans were in disarray. The club was in disarray. Players weren't playing like to their full potential. He's coming straight within ten, ten seconds of his first interview. He's got everyone on the side. The players are playing. For the club, for the badge, and another thing that I've liked, home or away, that hasn't been done for a long time, is at the full time whistle. He's he's literally mm. he won't go, he's not going down the tunnel. He's he's literally on the pitch. So everyone, like, you stay on the pitch. Go over to your fans. Be away. Thank you, fans. Even at home, middle of the pitch. Well done, well done, well done. They're going to thank, thank the fans. And again, that's, that's, something, that's something the fans appreciate as well. And that's, that's good, uh, good another feel good a feel good factor that been the stadium itself I mean the fan base as well because it's then shown that he cares and then it's because he cares and the players are doing that it's showing that they care as well that they do actually give a crap about what the state of this club is in and what, exactly. I, find and what I find refreshing as well is honestly like, what was it the David Luiz Socrates interview after mm. May night against the honestly about the fitness levels that for what he wants from us we're not that fit yet but we're working as hard as we can and as long as you, look, look, we, don't, we don't expect to win every game, but as long as you give 110% for the 90 minutes, we ain't gonna, we can't, we won't complain. Exactly. Well, I said, but we bought um, Louise, you know, straight away. I was on a, the podcast that, that day, I think, or maybe the day after, but I, was, I said about how pleased I was when we signed Louise and the fact that um, he'd be a good ca- uh, ca- captaincy candidate. And I was like, laughed off the, the face of the planet at the time. And I said, well, he's, all, I've said all season, oh, I like Louise, and he's not a bad defender. He just don't turn into a bad defender just by making a move across the city. And the fact was that it was just, again, you know, down to the fact that how we were playing at that time. And he's no protection. We were completely open and allowing all the, every opposition to run straight at us and just pepper the goal with shots and I said yeah, just what just look what's happened with Louise he's looked like a man mountain the last two or three games it's looked fantastic and I'm not saying he's the best defender in the world and yes he's still you know uh, culpable for mistakes every now and then but I don't know a defender in the world that isn't and yeah I mean it's just fantastic and 
the whole team. I don't think you can question the commitment and the, the play of anyone in this who's played under Arteta so far, can you? It's just a, nothing short of a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I just expect him to walk out with Tiny Tim and like give him like <laughs> some, some faith healing and get him to walk again on the pitch or something, you know, some cripple kid. But um, I wouldn't put it past him. Well, I enjoyed the beginning of um, the games now. Um, I, I, I was late for the kickoff for the Leeds game, so I didn't see if they did it. But the, the previous two games, uh, the players were doing the huddle. Oh, and yeah, I they, just, um, yeah. Did I do that? Did I do that in the beginning of the Leeds game as well? I don't know. I missed. I, I didn't see that. Because what, what I noticed was um, when I done it for the Man U game, um, the footage that we were watching, they kind of zoomed in on the huddle. And the one player that was doing all of the talking, it wasn't um, Abamyang, the captain, and it wasn't Jacker, the previous captain. It was David Luiz. Yeah. He was doing all of the talking in the huddle, and he had everybody's attention, and that that was really good to see. Yeah, exactly. I've seen it all. I've seen he's it not all. Secret season. captain. He is. <laughs> he's been the, he's been the captain all season on the pitch. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. Then when um, Saka Saka came on for left back in the Man United game near the end. He's he's the one there in the, when they're defending, talking to him, directing him, like getting that position, cover that person, doesn't mm. it? And even and even turning towards the fan base and like geeing them up, but like, really up near the end, try, trying to get the atmosphere even higher. Like, what it was, things like that. <laughs> he's been doing that all season though, yeah, and people yeah. ain't noticed because they're just bl- been blinkered and say, no, no, shit, you know, he's worst signing yeah. we've ever had. Blah blah blah. I've I've seen him do it since the first game he played, and. Um, because we signed from Chelsea, and because of his age, they, they, they write him off. Yeah, you know, everyone makes mistakes at the end of the day. No one's put no, everyone does. No, yeah, no, no player is perfect, no matter what position they played. Everyone makes mistakes. We could have had Virgil Van Dijk under Emery in our team, and he would have been making mistakes, and he would have he would have looked like half the player than he is because of the just the, it, it's literally like open season, wasn't it? Uh, with the opposition in our half of the pitch, and um, anyone would panic under. That kind of uh, intense scrutiny, to be perfectly honest. Come in and he sorted out the bench. He's, he chose his, his first choice midfield pair, which is Torreira and Jacker. That's the strongest pair he's got. Torreira, Jacker, Torreira, Jacker. So sorry, go on. Literally, it's like, and again, we look so much more comfortable, so to speak. I say, say this now, Cutswood. Um, when we when people when we, when we got the opposition coming to attack us, we'd actually look solid for once. Like this organisation, if one's going, if one's staying back, one will got pushed forward a bit more, and be a bit more involved in the attack as well. If if necessary, they team up together. There's always mm-hmm. someone protecting that back four now. I know. Uh, well, that's <laughs> after I said it because he's literally he, we've seen it footage as well. He's he is good in him. He's, he ain't, he ain't get going. In fact, after these games, sorry, he's saying, first off, no, I was not happy. I saw two Arsenal's. First off, I didn't like. He, he, he let him know, because he did, as I said before, he did let, He did say, Leeds will come at us. We need to be fully on fully on it from the, from the get-go. And the yeah. Fact, as you said before, early, early on, in years gone by, in that sort of situation, we'd have, we would not have gone on to win that game. Win that game. We'd have probably we would not have got bad in the second half because it would have been it would have, nothing would have changed sort of thing. Whereas he's come in, could he pre-warned them this that and the other, and they're buying into it. So they're up, they're up in their levels. They're giving him the respect that I wouldn't say deserve, but he, that he demands. 
the levels, the intensity he demands from these players, they're then giving it to him. I know. And the, 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 I think it was um, the Man United game where he was interviewed and they before the game, and he said, um, he was asked a question, are you going to play with the same intensity um, or do you expect the, the players to play with the same intensity as they did against Man United? It's worse to this effect, and I can't quote it exactly, but he said, uh, no, that's uh, it's not going to be like that for this game. It's going to be like that for every game. Hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's amazing. But it's just so... Um, which I don't think he's just doing it on purpose. Either. It's literally, that's the way he is. It's like, it's almost as if he's literally trying to say everything that we want to hear. But yeah. it's not. It's, that's the way he is. And it's just so bloody brilliant. Because we've been waiting for this for, well, the best part of two decades. We haven't had any kind of... Um... The, way he, the way he talks though as well is what he's... He, he was expected of as a player when he was, when he was playing for Arsenal. When he, when oh, was Arsenal. it though? Was it? But under Wenger, there was, there was, that's what I mean. Um, well, he was shown, but maybe because of because of that era where he obviously played for Everton and he's watched the great Arsenal teams before then, the you Invincibles know, and all that. He's witnessed, he knows what it is, he knows what it means to play good football at Arsenal and what the standards that were set in the early, in the early noughties. And he's taken it on, and maybe working under pair. Is that it? Seems it's worked wonders because he took a little bit of knowledge from there as well. Because the way he dresses as well is pretty much hair aside. He's even growing a beard now, like Pep. Yeah, well, he looks really cool actually. Apart, from, you know, he's like, he can even sort of uh, stand his Lego hair because he does look yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> What I liked as well, because I, I can't remember which podcast I was on, but I was, I was talking earlier on in the season about um, missing the, uh, certain aspects of the Arsenal of old, you know, under George Graham, the Highbury, how much I missed Highbury and the class of the club. I really, I was talking about that and I said, I semi, semi-joked, but I wasn't really joking, but I semi-joked at the time about... I missed the players turning up uh, for the match in their suits. You know, they had the old emblem on their jackets oh, and yeah. they looked really smart coming into And um, well, no he's what. literally, he's got them doing that, hasn't he? I mean, they haven't got the ties on, but they're all, have you noticed when they all turn up at the stadium, they're in suits. They're all in matching club suits. And I, I mean, just a little something like that. I love it. I love it because one of the things in his, his initial uh, interview, and he said, I just want teams that are coming to the Emirates to play us when they're turning up in their coach and they see the Emirates. I want them to have that fear of coming to the to the stadium again. And that's exactly what uh, I really wanted to hear um, because our home should be, you know, our fortress. And we've, we've not had that feeling for such a long time, have we? And um, we haven't had any um, discipline within the club for... Like I said earlier, best part of two decades, and we've had a fantastic period during that time. But we, I think, under Benga, they were pretty much allowed to do whatever they wanted and uh, get away with it and play the next the next game. And uh, that era has come to an end for the looks of it. Just coming off the back of what you were saying there, uh, Mikel Arteta saying that you know this is how I want us to play in every game. I can imagine that was probably why he was so angry with the team or made a point at half-time because yeah. it sounds a bit cliche, but the game against Leeds, it really was it really was a game of two halves. 
And if you look at that first half, it was almost like the team had forgotten everything that Mikel Arteta had told them and had just reverted back to everything that Emery had told them. Mm. If you look at the stats in the first half, you know, it was the same as as all of the games under Emery. Everybody was 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 playing so deep in that first half. We were almost causing problems for ourselves by trying to get the ball out from the back. I mean, there were times when it almost looked like um, David Luiz was in this was trying to get into a centre back pairing with the goalkeeper. That's how, how deep they were. And when they came out for the second half, it looked like the players had just moved up at the pitch, maybe just a few more feet to give themselves more space, and it worked. And I think he must have gone, if you're, if you're training the players this week, I would sit them down and I would show them those two halves and show them everything that they did wrong in that first half, but then complement that by showing them how they improved and everything that they did right compared to the things that they did in that first half. Because, um, I mean, just the way that they were receiving the ball, when the midfield just wasn't working at all in the first half for me at all. I thought... Um, of the hope was terrible and quite languid. They were doing that thing where it's either you either press or you don't press. Don't do that thing that's in between of like you're jogging in sort of no man's land and you're not doing one or the other. And that's been the problem, I think, under Emery for most of his tenure. But when they came out in the second half, they went back to doing everything that they'd done in the Man United game and the Chelsea game. And that's what they've got to do. They've got to understand that they've got to keep on applying and doing it for the whole of the 90 minutes. And that's going to come with mm. time. You know, it's, it's about repetition. The more they train with Mikel Arteta, the more games they play, the more repetition. It will come naturally. But you could definitely see for me in that first half that they were kind of slipping back into the Emery way of playing football, which I didn't like at all. Well, what, what was talking about earlier about um, how happy I was with that game and the win. What I forgot to mention, which is the most important part of it, really, what I was pleasing about that was the way that they reacted to his halftime team talk, clearly. And it immediately makes me think of the uh, Europa Cup final. And we went into that halftime uh, in the Europa League Slightly ahead on points against Chelsea, I reckon was just just slightly shaded that first half. We went in as a slightly better team, and we will come out and within a, well, what was it, a minute or two, we went we lost the goal immediately, and we just completely capitulated. And I said I was ranting at the time on on the podcast and saying, you know, this is where this, this is why you spend the money to get the best coaches in. To this is where they really earn that money in the half-time, in a, in a major European final. And they, whatever they do then, is the difference of between losing or winning a, a game like that. And what the hell must have Emery said to them during that half-time team talk, where we go in as a slightly better team and we come out and lose 4-1. And I was just infuriated because that's why you, you that is not earning your 8 million quid a year or whatever he was on. So that's why I was so delighted that we won that FA Cup match against Leeds because we were just appalling that first half. Yeah. And the way that we transformed the team by his halftime team talk was just brilliant to me. I was absolutely brilliant. And it wasn't the best game to watch, no. But it was probably one of my favourite wins for a long time just because of that. 
and I've got uh, visions of him going prime John Sitton now in the in the half time, yeah. <laughs> telling, yeah, exactly. telling players to bring their dinner with them. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But I mean, whatever he said, whatever he did, I didn't mean. Well, he didn't mean it, but I was just about to break into song. But no, he's. Uh, it, I was very happy, very happy because we need that. We've needed that in this in this club for so long. And that's why I was really pleased about it. And so, if he has got a nasty side to him, I'm glad that the players got to see it early on in his tenure. You know, that we've ooh. got on, on a long run and everything's been all hunky-dory. And then when they don't pull their socks up, it, it, then he kind of loses it a little bit with them and everyone's a bit shocked. I'm glad that it's happened early. So players yeah. kind of, they know now what the boundaries are, right? They know now, you know, how far that this guy's going to sort of like let things go. Yeah, exactly. Well, Terry, one of my old <laughs> my favourite uh, question asker, Terry Mancini. I don't know if you can see, the, you've got the comments on your screen. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you think we should do a re-sign Giroud? No. Would give us another option and he's so slow, he could play until he's 70. The idea of an old age pensioner scoring against Tottenham excites me <laughs> and Wayne Rooney. <laughs> and then he's got, Mikel has been fantastic, makes me feel sorry for Emery. Despite spending thousands on Grecian 2000 and teeth whitening products, you find out your ex is dating Brad Pitt. So, <laughs> exactly. Well, I reckon he probably got those on expenses as well, which makes me even more angry with him, to be perfectly honest. But um, one thing that annoyed me were about the, the match was the, um, on Twitter afterwards that people, I saw not one, not two, but quite a lot of people slating... Um, Rob Holding and call, I don't know, calling him out saying he's shit we need to get rid of him blah 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 blah. and now that really annoyed me because um, this guy has been out for a, a year you know and he makes his comeback in a game like that which is probably that was probably a bad decision but I don't think we had much choice did we you know and who we played we had no one else to play so he had he, he played but that was probably as well well, against that team, you know, Leeds, I just knew what was going to happen in that game. And it was almost like standing in a, a hailstorm in a Force 10 wind with a hail blown in your face. That's what it must have been like with those Leeds players running at him all the time. And the, the rest of the players weren't supporting him in the first half either, were they? And a couple of the passes that he made were bad. I know that. He had bad distribution on the night. But again, you know, he's, he's a human being. He's a young player with a lot of potential which I think is going to be um, if, he, if he can stay around under Arteta I think he's got a massive chance of being a real good class player because he's got all the attributes but it's his first game back pretty much in a year and just to slate him like that and write him off really pissed me off because you know you can see that he's, you can just watch a player and the way that he played to tell that he's going to he's got a lot of the, the right attributes and he's going to come good so give the guy a chance, and that really annoyed me. I don't know what you you guys thought. Yes, he didn't have the best of games, but at the end of the day, he got through that game unscathed, and we had a um, you know a clean sheet, fair play, and I think he did all right in the end. So, what do you guys think? Uh, I've got a quick one for that. I think our fans are very very fickle. They don't understand um, you know about you know about being patient, and and I, and I say that in the same way that our fans, I say a section of the fans, as you say, were. Are slating uh, Rob Holding for maybe having um, an average game after coming back from a long injury is in the same way that a section of our fans 
or how Meza Ozil was the second coming for being able to string together two okay games. That's how I look at it. Patience, do you know what I mean? I want to see what Meza Ozil's doing in, in, in 10 games' time, and I want to see what Rob Holding's doing after he's made himself come back and he's getting in the team regular. You know, we shouldn't be too quick to, 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 to judge sometimes. Yeah, people was some other guys were saying that he needs to go out on a loan, but I don't I don't no. agree. I really genuinely think he needs to be in and around the squad, and he needs to be in the uh, you know working with Arteta and, and his coaches um, to really get him prepared for next season as well, and then obviously play when necessary uh, because we are probably going to need him as well. So I, I really think he, need, he needs to finish off his rehabilitation with us and uh, you know help us out whenever he can in the meantime. But uh, I, I really do have high hopes for him. Uh, there's a lot of players now that I have a lot of high hopes for. And another one I want to talk about as well is, um, which I can't wait to see him back in the team, is uh, Danny Ceballos. He's one that I've, I've got a, a lot of time for. Um, I think I, under Arteta, I mean, with his guidance and uh, the way that he's it's clearly improving players. Um, obviously, what he did at City and what he's done so far with us, it, he could really go places, Danny Ceballos, with that guidance and that coaching. And um, I really hope we can work out a deal for him to stay, because we know we've, we've we've seen what he can do in flashes. Um, but I think he's got a really high ceiling. I do. Um, so yeah, I really just hope we can work out a deal with uh, Real Madrid and we can keep him on. Hopefully, he might play on the weekend. We never know. But Ryan, what do you think, Ryan, on 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 him? Because yeah, he, he's been written off and forgotten about by a lot of our fans already as well. It's like it's, it's like you said. You both said before our fan our fan base is so fickle. It's unbelievable. But he Mustafi could have to, for example, Mustafi got stated we're going to get stated for Chelsea Chelsea goal winning goal. But if he'd done if he'd um, Made a tackle or whatever. Oh, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Also, given da, 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 they praise him up, they praise him up, and Johnny Nick makes his next mistake. So, yeah, it's like, it's like the same for anyone. Oh, Bamian could go for a dry spell for not scoring goals. Oh, that's it, get rid of him. He doesn't want to be here. Da, 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 da. Mm. And then when, it, when, there's, when the media re- uh, leak out rubbish about him want, wanting to leave, he's having to come at himself. No, that's absolute rubbish. I'm happy here. But until he says that, Oh, he's not saying nothing. He's not saying nothing. It's true. It's true. It's true. This is the same media that have been done for so many bad things in the last twenty-five plus years themselves. And but our fan base is so like, yeah. It's, if it's on black and white. It's, it must be, it must be true. Mm. I'm just I'm sick of it. I'm it's sick of it. I don't feel. our fan base. I'm sick of. Lose it to believe for anything. I know. It's in the paper. It's true. Media says it, it's true. Again, and also Sky Sports. One in literally in the same in the same um, segment. The same person says, "No, nope, we're not looking to sign no one." Da 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 da. Like Arsenal looking to sign no one. But they look they're looking at Boateng and Bo and there's conferences back and forth. It's what is it? What you they're having their tracks now? It's, it does my because I, I I haven't seen any anything in you know from anyone specific about this boating thing. So where, so far, where's it actually come from? Who's actually said anything? Is that just speculation from newspapers, or is it come from anyone in particular? It's, it's the German Sky Sports version of what we have over here that have leaked it to got wind of it somehow over there, 
and then told the UK correspondent over here, and it's, that's how it's got. That's how it's come out. So that's just a rumor from a media company yeah. as well. Then that's not. I mean, it's nothing concrete at all, is it? And that's what I'm saying. Hey, so, but literally, one before, literally, one before, thirty seconds prior to that, no Arsenal looking to sign. Absolutely no one. Da, 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 da. Well, they're concerned they spent enough money in the summer. That's it. I'm sorry, mm. Arteta. Any man, anyone that come in, be it Arteta, whoever, would not have took a job knowing that coming a few in a few weeks' time when the windows open, that they're not going to get back. They're not going to get any back into improve what they've been walked into. Mm. It's a really, it's a really difficult month with regards to. We we need to be strengthening because. Uh, with this new way that we're playing, the high press, and um, you know the way that we are increasing our intensity in the training and everything to to be able to do it, it we are highly likely to have a big slump in the in the spring, mm. and uh, we're bound to sort of succumb to a, quite a few injuries because of this as well, muscle injuries, whatever, because we haven't been fit enough. So we do need extra personnel but I, I i have to say you know i've had a complete u-turn on a lot of our players um i mean the the big one i really need to apologize to personally is uh granite jacker because i've slated granite jacker and it's it's unlike me because i don't like to slate players <laughs> i don't really go out after certain players but i've i've openly said i don't know you know why is it Arsenal? Because he's, he, he doesn't fit the bill. He's no any specific kind of um, midfielder. He doesn't do anything really for the team and he needs to move on. But he's, I mean, I always give credit where credit's due and he's been fantastic the last few games. And if he was to go this month, that's going to be a big problem for us, you know, because to replace someone like him, it's going to cost us an awful lot of money and it's, a, it's going to be a gamble. And... I think that we really need to at least till Christmas. We, oh, sorry, Christmas. We at least till the summer. Apologies. We need to keep hold of him. We really do because he is, without doubt, uh, the best player to play alongside um, Torreira at the moment. Um, unless Sabios can come in and really hit the ground running, which is going to be difficult after an injury he's had, then we need to keep we need to keep hold of him. And uh, you know, I, I need to eat a whole slice of humble pie about what I've said about uh, Granite Xhaka in the, the last few weeks because he's really come good really come good isn't he it's no coincidence literally just before Arteta was announced there was rumours of him and her half of Berlin had, had national negotiations Xhaka's agent come out and said everyone's agreed it's just between the clubs now Arteta's come in the performances have, performances have got better as you just said but also that talk has now gone quashed. It was like, and he's, the text went out and said, as far as I'm concerned, he's staying. Mm. He ain't going nowhere. He's committed. And it's like, uh, text, he might, he's come in, he's seen Xhaka, put an arm around him, had a chat with him one-on-one, and said, no, you are, you are wanted here. You are part of my plans. We've got, let's, let's build something great here. And the way things have gone, game by game, he's started, Xhaka's starting to believe in that. And because Jack has given the 110% as well in his performances, and his performances have got to get better in these few games. Shane as well. And yeah, we've made, we, we all, we all, we, we all, most of us went on, the, on there and we were like, how dare he be? Da, 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 da. We were we, we well for Palace early on in the season. But also at the same time, anyone, anyone that's smart enough will know 
Emery to appoint Did Frojak under the bus though straight from the off oh, absolutely yeah he, he anyone, played anyone, without position anyone, anyone that doesn't realise that needs to head test him hmm. no he did that, he, didn't he, help, he, that didn't help things I think if, he's more, if he feels more protected and wanted he's got more than happy to stay put well, what annoys me is when you hear things like, and I'm not absolutely, absolutely not saying that he said this at all, but, well, actually, I don't know which one it was, whether it was Lacazette or Aubameyang, where they said, I've got to leave uh, because I want to play in the Champions League. Now, that mm. sort of comment really pisses me off. I think that was Lacazette said that. Yeah, it, I, I think it was. Yeah. That pisses me off more than anything because, well, okay, well, get us there then. Exactly. Exactly. Then. Why are you exactly. I mean, you're going to leave us to go to a club to exactly. try and qualify for the Champions League. Get us to the fucking Champions League. And that, that I mean, but I don't know whether he said that at all. You know, that was just one of these things. Again, that, again but... comes out in the media. It might not be true. But that sort of comment really annoys me more than anything coming from um, a player. And Frank Gunners just put in the comments, it pissed me off that some of our own fans are waiting for Arteta to fail. It's ridiculous. Like, of course, and but I, I mean, you can't call yourself a fan if you like that. Really, I, I just really, you can't because you're not a, you're a, a fan. It's a fanatic of Arsenal. You're not, you know, you're not that type of person if you are waiting for Arteta to fail. And if you are, then I'd love to know what you're, why and how you're not impressed by his uh, his start in the job. It's just a joke. If, if my take on the on the on the Granite Jacker situation, um, I'm not a big fan of Granite Jacker personally, and I don't think he's been. Um, I've never really thought he's been that much of a player um, ever since we bought him. To be fair, I have seen some good things that he can do, but I've always thought that he slows the game down a little bit for us. Under Mikel Arteta, I have seen improvement. Although what I saw in the first half of the Leeds game for me was um, Granite Jacker revert into type um I'm, I'm always up for you know improvement and if he does continue with what i've seen over the last few games then maybe he's got more time at arsenal but if her for berlin wanted to drop 40 million euros on him and again we don't know how true that is but let's say that was a true rumor then um i'm all for that purely on the, on on the aspect of upgrading you know, I, I always think that if you can upgrade on what you have and take out the sentiment part of it, whether you particularly like a player or you don't like a player, but if you can upgrade, then I'm always one one for that. And I think that if you can get 40 million for Granite Jacker and maybe put a little bit more on top of that, I think that we would be able to get a much better player for that position, that position on the pitch. If it's about keeping him through sentiment and, oh, it's granted he's been around the club for a long time, I don't really buy into that because I don't think he's actually been that good for Arsenal in his Arsenal career, so I wouldn't mind letting him go. But again, just to repeat, if he's gonna, if there is some improvement that's going to come, I'm not going to be quick to judge, like I said a moment ago. I'm all up for giving him more time and then making a, making a, a firmer decision in the summer to see how it all plays out towards the end of the season. I don't mind doing that. I, I mean, who are you going to replace him with uh, in January, though, in order to for that person to settle in and do a, as good a job as him for the rest of this season until May? It's really difficult, Stan, isn't it? That's, I, I'm, I'm totally happy to replace him with a best player, 
I agree. Yeah. But those I people that we can do that. I know, but those people that do all of the transfer stuff, who work out contracts and 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 approach clubs, their job doesn't start on the first of January, and they don't, you know, and they sit around for the whole year just waiting for the window to open. You've got to think that you're looking at least a couple of months ahead, and you're looking at your squad and you're thinking, well, can we get an upgrade on this player? And you start making a shortlist. You start having a contingency plan ready. Well, that's what I'd like to think happens at a club anyway. That you have, you've always got a contingency, and you've always got feelers out, and you've always got a feeling on whether player X might be open to do something in January, or player X might be open to speaking to us now. We confirm up the deal in the summer. So you you never know. But as I say, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan. I don't hate the guy. I just think that we could do better. But if there is going to be improvement and he starts to improve, his, uh, 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 you know his 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 play under Arteta, and he's used in a different way and not being deployed solely as a, as the, as our first line of a defensive midfield, then we may get more out of him, and I'm open to it. He's um, being played to his strengths under Mikel Arteta, isn't he? Same as every player, not being asked to do stuff that you're not comfortable doing. Just playing to your strengths, and how many times have we said that uh, under uh, Unai Emery? The players just need to play to their strengths. The team needs to play to its strengths, and uh, yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you actually do that, uh, and the changes and differences that it can make. But we slightly went. I'm just going to guide us slightly back to what I was talking about earlier, and Danny Sabios. What would you guys? I mean, I'll go to you first, right? What would you keep? Sabias? I'll definitely, I'll definitely keep him, yeah, because there is, as, as we've discussed on my channel and on here before, there, there's a, and under, I think under the guidance and coaching of Arteta, there could be, it could be even a bit of better player now that can adapt quicker to the league. And, be like, be like I think he could be the long-term replacement for Granite yeah. Jacker, by the way, just to, just to cut in slightly. Apologies. Oh, definitely, and I think, there's a, I think there's a deal there to be done with Real Madrid. I think he wants to be here because if, if he does on his, his social media and all that, it's all pro-Arsenal. For someone who's on loan, and you want to believe what the media say again, he just wants to use this as a stepping stone to try to point to Real Madrid. You don't do this. You don't, everything he's been doing, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do what you just want this as a loan. You don't want this as a, a full-time thing. I don't agree with that. His first home game literally got an assist and he celebrated like he scored the World Cup winning goal. Mm. You don't say what he's been saying and act the way he's been acting. Uh, Unless he's an actual actor, you know, he works in Hollywood or something that's been sent over here. But you, you can't sort of fake that sort of stuff the way... That he genuinely feels like he he looks like he loves the club, and but anyway, that's by the by. I just want to keep him not only for you know the way that he seems to be infectious, you know, personality wise and everything, but he, I just genuinely can see a great player inside him, and I think he could be the player that Granite Xhaka wants to be. You know what I mean? You know the the player to take that ball from the uh, the defenders and uh, and sort of basically just start start moving it up the field and I think he he could uh, fill that role perfectly, but I just hope that he gets a chance under 
Arteta because I can't see anything other than him being the type of player that Arteta would, would really like to work with. So I just hope he can get back in the team soon and uh, and get a chance. But I can't. The difficulty is where's he going to fit in the team now? Because it's going to be difficult to change the, the Xhaka and Torreira partnership now because that looks really strong. And is he going to leave out Mesut Ozil? I don't think so. But I, 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 I don't see Sabayos in that forward number 10 role anyway. I don't think it suits him. I think he's uh, much better, you know, a bit more of a deep line playmaker. So, no, like number eight. But I don't, who's he going to take the place of? He can't, he's not going to take the place of Torreira or Xhaka. So um, that's what is a bit of a concern, really. And what I wanted to sort of uh, to talk to you guys about. I mean, what do you. Do you see a future for Tobias Stan? And do you, if if so, how's he going to show what he can do in the current setup? My my opinion about Danny Tobias is that I honestly haven't seen enough of him to make a definitive decision on whether I would say yeah we should you know make the loan, the loan permanent or not. Um, I did see flashes of him in that first home game where you know he looked like a, he looked he looked like there was uh, something good there. And then he kind of had a couple of games where he didn't, he kind of looked a little bit off the boil. And then unfortunately, he had his, his, he's had an injury. So, I mean, he's he's due back, I think. I saw pictures of him um, on the training pitch. And I, I thought it was quite amusing that all of the players were doing, it looked like they were doing like a guard of honour for him to come <laughs> onto the pitch. So it's obvious that they hold him in very high regard. Either that or they're just troubling him, who knows. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, I'd like to see more of him um, under Mikel Arteta and I think I'd like to see him um, instead of Jacker to see what he can do in that role but keeping him one way or the other I really couldn't tell you yet I think that Arteta's got to like him because of his hair I mean yeah. you know, his parting is the most sharpest parting you've ever seen in your life yeah, maybe Mikel will see that's competition only one person at the club can get the Bill Cream contract well, but, I mean, the Lego guys stick together, though, don't they? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a good one. <laughs> well, well, I um got high hopes really coming forward, like we've touched on earlier with regards to this uh, the next game. Now, I haven't got, stupidly should have written, uh, written it down. I'm going to have a look in a second on my phone. The next few uh, matches coming up, but. I, the, the crazy thing is, and again, I think it was maybe on the Ask cast earlier, about top four and the top four being lava. And the fact that a lot of um, so-called professional pundits are saying, still saying that uh, Tottenham, under Mourinho, have got a good chance of getting top four. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's the case. Now, what, I, what I'd love to do is that, um, you know, it's actually start the season now. That's quite funny. With a, with a little mini league, right? So there's up. So add us, Spurs, United, Chelsea, uh, Wolves. Anyone else that you realistically think could get that last place in the top four? And I'm assuming here that City, clearly Liverpool, Liverpool, City and Leicester are already in the top four. So there's one spot to play for. So if it's us, Spurs, Chelsea, United, Wolves, I think do you reckon that's realistically it? Is there anyone else? I mean, possibly. I don't think Sheffield United they're going to. Get no, I think that's probably. Uh, 
So if we started a mini league from now, and we are nine points behind, so we're starting on a minus nine to get top four because currently that's how far we're behind Chelsea, isn't it? So <laughs> the mad thing is, if we win against Palace on Saturday and Spurs lose, which they will because they're playing Liverpool, we're going to go equal points with Spurs. We will actually get claw back the deficit already, and it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that because um, not so long ago they were six or seven points ahead of us, and we've only won that one game uh, against United. But the, the crazy thing is, it could be the lowest points total um, since the Champions League started to actually qualify in fourth place by the looks of it. So there's a possibility and. If you were Arteta, what do you do at this particular stage? Because loads of people have said the league's gone. The league has gone and we should concentrate purely on the Europa League and the FA Cup now. And just use basically the Premier League to experiment. But when you're nine points off, when you're starting a a mini league of five teams, only nine points off the top one, what, what do you realistically do? Because that... Are Chelsea looking particularly strong? I, I, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> how many games have they lost out the last, you know, uh, so many that have played? I, mean, I don't think it's going to be beyond the realms of possibility that this Arsenal team now, under Arteta, that's improving every single game, uh, is, it, is it going to be beyond the realms of possibility that we, we can claw back those nine points? I don't think so. So it, it's a bit strange, a situation. We've got to play Chelsea away at the end of the month anyway, so assuming we beat, you um, win all games like Palace. So who's there? We've got Palace then? Palace, we've got Sheffield United. That's um, right. Then Chelsea away, then we've got the FA Cup match against Bournemouth away, and then mm. Burnley at home, then Newcastle, I mean Burnley away, Newcastle at home, and then got that little winter, uh, winter break. So I don't think there's one game there that we can't win. Mm. Seriously. Effectively, if we win them, if we win all the uh, say for the next couple of few weeks between now and Chelsea, we, we beat Palace on Saturday, we beat Sheffield United at home, and in the meantime Chelsea drop points. That points difference is even less then going into that Chelsea game. So, we, we, so we've got there, five games. It's actually two, two, three points off Chelsea after Chelsea, Chelsea game. It's so five there. league games until that winter break. Yeah, and then the FA Cup, and then the FA Cup fourth round as well against against Bournemouth at the end of the month. I mean, it's 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 going to be. I mean, this is. I feel stupid almost talking about it, but that is. It's not. It's it's quite. I don't know. It's it's quite believable that we could actually get in the top four, isn't it? Really, when you look at it. I mean, that five run of five games is clearly the Chelsea one is the hardest one. I mean, Sheffield United. Um, very tough, very tough, but we we should be able to beat them at home hmm. under with with renewed confidence that we're, the way that we're playing now, we should be able to do it. What I worry about is, like you said, right. is um, as we're trying to get the fitness levels up in this team, you know, we're still in two cup competitions as well. How long are we going to be able to go before we start seeing, you know, a lot of tight legs and depending? That's, the That's my question. That's the, that is the basis of my question, Stan, as to what you, what you do really when you're Arteta, and when and how will that really affect this trans- January transfer window? Because we do need a bigger squad, mm. and 
you know, it's a tough one, really, because do you literally just give up on the top four? When you, what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get at is you can't really, can you? You can't really give up on the top four because we're only nine points off. And the teams that we're battling with are all inconsistent. And they're not improving the way that, hopefully, touch wood, we are improving now under Arteta. I'd say that out of that group of five teams, apart, I mean, I love Sheffield United, the way that they're playing and the, their manager. It's just phenomenal what they're doing this season. And if he doesn't win the, the Premier Man, Manager of the League, of the season, it's, 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 I think he should he anyway. He won't. It'll be Klopp. And yeah. I, I think, but anyway, out of those five teams... I think that we're the one that, over the short, over the the, the medium to long term, we've got the best opportunities of, of improvement. Personally, yeah. A lot of those teams are suspect to mistakes, aren't they? I mean, look at Wolves. Wolves are playing some really nice football, as is Leicester, but they have had some slip-ups as well. Mm. Exactly. This, yeah. I mean, Leicester. I'd, I'd still say they're going to get top four because they are very good. They are a very, very good team. I can't see them slipping up too much. But out of all those other five, I, I, th- I can see us quite, not comfortably, but I can see us clawing back that nine-point deficit on Chelsea. I really can. So it's it's a tough one, really. So I, do, I do think that we, we have to get two or three players in this month. It, it, I think it's really critical. And if he does, then... Actually, that's the other good point, which I've only just thought of, actually. In the summer, when we made these um, improvements to the squad, and we brought in, what, five or six players? We were right on the cusp of the 25-man um, allowance, really, for your squad at that point. We, and we haven't let too many players go. So how would that... I mean, that, that's got to affect our uh, incomings in January as well. We have to get rid of some players. And I, I, can't, I can't see anyone actually leaving... Because Mustafi has to go, but who's going to buy him? Uh, there was, uh, I was reading this morning that there was a Turkish team sniffing around him. I can't remember which one, though. Fenerbahce, yeah. I think. I, I believe it when I see it. I really will. Again, you don't know if it's rumours and that. Mm. But, you know, we got we, we turned down a bid from uh, Roma for Mkhitaryan, which I think we should have taken, personally. That would have been perfect. I, I can't believe that we would have turned that down, really. Um, for Someone his age... Yeah. Um, well, after um, 190 grand a week, uh, we should have ripped their arm off, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I would have actually got rid of him for nothing as long as they took his wages on and got him off, you know, on a, on a permanent basis. And El Nenny, is El Nenny on loan or did we sell him? On loan. Okay. So we could, you never know, there could be something happening there as well. AC uh, Milan apparently was were asking around him. But again, you know, media rumours. Yeah. Wow. Because Edis owes us one, so fucking, you know, get him to <laughs> get him to buy on any office. That'd be fantastic. But I, I, I realistically, realistically, I, I can't see us selling unless it's a surprise that comes up. Yeah, maybe Mavropanos if someone came in for him. I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, but I, I... you know, I mean, not get very much, right? But it's just a space. It frees up the space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, in an ideal world, we could get, well, I don't know, say, anywhere between 15 and possibly 20 for Mustafi. I'd be over the moon. Over the moon to make that 
sort of money back on him. But the problem is, if it is something like Fenerbahce, we, we just keep continuously shooting ourselves in the foot with the money that we pay these players because he's on the best part of 100 grand a week, I believe. Something like that, yeah. Well, ballpark figure. He's got to get that somewhere else, hasn't he? And will Fenerbahce pay that to him? I don't know. I mean, it's... I can't see it. I think we're stuck with him and I think we're stuck with all these other players until the end of their contract because they're not going to... Why would they uh, take a, a contract somewhere else on far less money? It just don't make sense. I think they're looking at putting uh, Emil Smith-Rowe out on loan as well. So that's another space. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish we could have seen more of him as well, but I've got high hopes for him, actually. Yeah. He hasn't done brilliantly in the first team. I, I know that. Again, you can see certain things in him as a player. Well, he's goal, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he looks really good. I, I already, I like him. I do like him. So, yeah, I think that he'd be an ideal candidate for a loan. Um, I don't know what to do with Maverick Panos. I don't know. I just don't... I can't see that he's got the quality to... I hope to be proved wrong with every player, but um, I, 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 I I've seen enough of him. I heard he's having a nightmare in the under-23s. I tell all time at that he, level. He wasn't playing. And that's why I couldn't understand why he got back into the first team on the bench the other week. Um, he, he was dropped. Steve Ball dropped him. Mm. So, it's, it's odd. I think that... Um, oh, what's his face? Um, name's gone out of my head. The other uh, young centre-back. Um, thank you, yeah. He's he's ahead of him. Um, Ability-wise and uh, experience-wise. Well, it, it shows you, though, if they've dropped a player like Mavropanos from the under-23s, and then because if we're short in that position, they've called him up and put him on the bench, it just shows you how probably off the pace someone like Zach Medley is, that they didn't use him and put him on the bench, right? That they would go back to yeah. uh, someone like Mavropanos and, 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 and call him back for the bench. It's odd, isn't it? It's a strange one. I can't quite get my head around it. And we've got that young left-back as well who has been named in, officially in the squad, who's been training with the first team as well. And I can't yeah. remember, his name's gone out of my head as well. Um, not that not that Cohen Bramble or Bramble Cohen. Oh, him. no, no. He left in the summer. No. I can't remember his name. He's quite promising, left back. But he was on, um, on standby in the squad, training with the first team over the last couple of weeks um, because of the problems we've got at that position. Um, I, I think it'd be an urgent thing for me if I was in charge of the academy. I'd get all the the best possible under twenty three players that are defenders, and I would immediately find them a home on loan because that is exactly what we need from the academy, isn't it? Um, fullback and centre back, of midfielders and forwards that come through the academy. But I can't remember yeah. the time I saw a centre back or a fullback come through. Ashley Cole, probably, isn't it? Actually, yeah. Think. Or Kieran Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I like Kieran Gibbs. It's a shame. <laughs> I had high hopes for him as well at that point. But, uh, yeah. So, I, I, I'll definitely try and get Medley, Mavropanos, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name again, the, the left-back. I'd get them on a loan urgently if I was uh, in charge. Just, just to get them, try and get them ready as possible. Or find out at least whether they probably got a chance of, of being ready or whether we should just cut our losses because um yeah we're desperate in that area for, the, for a youth player to come through but um anyway i think we've 
an hour and 15. I think we've pretty much covered everything we wanted to do, talk about now. So it's just a case of waiting to see whether this improvement is going to be gathering pace over the next few grains because uh, it will be interesting, wouldn't it? If it gets to that winter break and we've, even if we win four out of those five games and uh, we've clawed some points back, it could get even more exciting, couldn't it? If we potentially have got that top four place back in our sights. And if we can get a Totteringham's day this season, I mean, how that'd be absolutely amazing, wouldn't it? I think that's uh, all. I think that's and I think Tottenham and Man United are both going to fall away a bit more. Oh, I just love it. I really would. I sound like Kevin Keegan now, don't I? But if, <laughs> if a, can you imagine if Arteta finishes above Mourinho? Oh, I mean, it's just. I mean, they so thought after the first game or two of Mourinho, and they'd won the first couple of games by three goals, didn't they? I think or three, three nil, three nil, three one, and they were proper going for it weren't they then thinking oh yeah, we, yeah you guys wanted him we got him and all that sort of stuff I mean if we finish above them that would be so funny I think that would start this decade off in a proper way wouldn't it um, getting he was in his third season in the third week <laughs> that's right I, I, I mean everyone knew what was going to come everyone knew what was going to come but to, for it to come this quick Oh, it's just um, beyond our wildest expectations. And they're paying him fifteen million a year. I know. So if I they him quickly, if it all goes to shit, which it will, again, he's going to walk out with like bunts in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you? Uh, just, just. I mean, if you were Daniel Levy, and you'd already seen what had happened in the first three or four weeks of his reign, would you be putting your hand in your pocket to back him this month? No. Oh. No way. I mean, that's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Because he will go ballistic if he don't get back. Exactly. Oh, yeah, he's done it May United. And they'll say, they will just try and put him up. So, oh, no, we'll wait till the summer. We'll wait till the summer. It's just, there's no value in this, in January. And just try and get away with it and just try and get... <laughs> you know, and just keep stringing him along like they did with uh, Pochettino. They are proper fucked now. They've got to back him because I don't know how long his contract is. You know, they've got him for at least... I mean, in it's Tottenham, right? They hate the payout. They've got him for at least a season. Three. No. They've got. They signed. He signed a three-year deal, didn't he? Yeah. And not only was it fifteen million, but he was guaranteed to be always at all times eighty-six grand a week more than the highest-paid player. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Make it up. Yeah. That, that, no, he couldn't make it up. But they think they've got the best deal. So, yeah, I mean, if we could finish above them, that'd be almost like a trophy this season. It'd be amazing. And mate, even if we finish like this, I'll I'll take that. We've got some tottering today. Did you uh, see, I, I, see that poll that they did on Twitter that got hijacked? They were like, do our best, you know, they're like, they're doing the. Oh, ball. yeah. The striker. Yeah, the striker, Peter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hold my hands up. I did partake in that vote. I I I haven't seen it. I only heard about it on um, the Arsenal Vision podcast. That yeah, it's, and then, and then we, they, we are the kings of hijacking uh, that type of thing, aren't we? Arsenal. Another one. It was from official Tottenham because obviously they didn't have anything to talk about. They put this post out, and it was like um, a graphic flicking through all of their kits, and they wanted their fans to tell us what your favourite kit is. And I'm like, is that all you need to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. 
<laughs> well, let's see how it goes then, because uh, I, 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 I can only speak for myself, but I'm really excited about it. And I, I literally can't wait to the next match now. Is it um, home or away? Away. 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 Well, yeah. I, and like I said, under normal circumstances, I'd be worrying about it, but because they are a bogey side. This fixture, but, um, fixture that I ever saw Arsenal play in the flesh, it was Crystal Palace Arsenal. Was it? Yeah, my first ever game was Crystal Palace Newcastle because my dad was Newcastle and wanted to get me involved with Newcastle. And then the following week, he took he took me back again, and it was Crystal Palace Arsenal. And that's when I actually got hooked on a team and I chose Arsenal. Fantastic. I could bet he was chuffed to bits. Yeah, and it was Liam Brady. It was one of his last... Um, well, your dad. Your dad's Liam Brady. No, brilliant. I would love to have seen Brady play. But I, I started supporting in... I think it was the year he left, 1980. Right. I think he left the club in 1980, didn't he? Yeah. Um, after the FA Cup, I think... It was, was that his last game, the FA I think Cup? Was, I think it was, that was the season. That was my first season seeing him play. I think it was either 79 or 80. Yeah, yeah, I think I, cause I, I just missed him because that, that's the season I started supporting when I was seven. So, yeah, but I'd love to have seen him play. He's a, well, obviously, I've seen him on, on video, but I've never seen him live. But, yeah, great player. What a great player he was. But, yeah, anyway, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks ever so much. Cheers. And I hope to see you again soon. Um, thanks to everyone watching. Frank Gunner, Terry Mancini, etc. And happy new year to you all. And uh, that's... Let's say, I think we could. Well, no, I ain't gonna say it. I ain't gonna say it. I ain't gonna say it. I'm gonna. Good, from, good. But fingers crossed for a good win on the weekend. I mean, three on a trot. When? How long ago would that be? Blimey! Another clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think I, I'm going for two nil. I'm going for two nil on Saturday. I'd like to see a three or four, but, but I'm being greedy then. I don't know really. I reckon we win three nil personally. I think we're the, the good thing is, like I said earlier on in, in the show, I think the, I'm pretty sure I heard that they've got 11 players out and potentially even Louis Zaha. I'm saying Louis Zaha. 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 I keep getting. <laughs> uh, but I hope he's touch and go. So if he's not playing as well, then oh my God, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Be brilliant. Anyway, happy new year to you all. Thanks again. And yeah. uh, look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Take care. Come on, you Arsenal. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Wear. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Wear YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!